0: David. Yeah, Halo had to do that because they're not selling that. Anthony. Uh, uh, stop. That is not how that works. Noah. I, I'm i sorry, Anthony. I agree with David. If I just
1: <laughs> bought this company, I'm putting <laughs> this thing on a McDonald's Whopper. McDonald's Whopper.
2: Whopper. Yeah. The Gaming Trend Podcast.
1: The wonderful folks at Grumwee are doing some pretty cool collabs right now. They launched a Rick and Morty, Attack on Titan, and Crash Bandicoot. Bandicoot collab.
2: Three. Wait, all three of those together?
1: Yep, they
2: launched uh,
0: at the same time. Not, not necessarily. Not, not, not like all on one oh, like, well, I was about like, to say. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like that
2: is the most strangest Rick's collab.
1: Attack and Crash on tight, You know, like they all drop, and so they send me a pretty cool, you know, some goodies. These are not boxers. They're actually. Much longer, they look like really big boxers. They sure so do. Not, they they're very bright and colorful, which I like. Um, you so could
2: really probably cool. use them as boxers. It'd be breathable. breathable, my guy.
1: Let me tell you. So, <laughs> and then also they sent over a really cool crash. You can and see that's it's old school almost, crash. Old school, and it almost has like a OG like baseball jersey vibe. Um, oh,
2: I can never tell. The Oh yeah!
1: So yeah, they were really cool with that. Um, it would have been really I'll,
2: dope if it had like just Bandicoot, you know, because ban- like and it, you just know because yeah. yeah, everybody, anybody who looked at that from the back, the orange and just Bandicoot. I'll I'll have That'd to dope wear dope. it
0: like next week. I actually have a Crash Team Rumble jersey, so I'll have to wear that and show that off. We'll,
1: we'll match, you know. Yeah, um, and then they sent me well, off you want- two pair, two pairs of socks. Oh, for you know, when your feet get cold, which is really cool. And then the last one of the last things, um, me being the anime guy, uh, they sent a really cool Attack on Titan patch for backpacking and jerseys and whatnot. Um, so yeah, they were gracious enough sent me all this stuff. So if any of this interests you, which I was kind of curious about them because their whole thing when they were talking to me was like, yeah, we got really cheap affordable high quality you know merchandise and i'm like those two things don't go together guys like cheap (laughs) and high quality i worked retail that's not how it goes um but yeah like this attack on titan t-shirt that i'm wearing it is i'm a big proponent of i like it when t-shirts the graphic in it feels like it's pressed in the shirt and it's not just melted on top and it's very thick and and it's a
0: part
2: of the shirt yeah yeah not silk screen yeah
1: yeah all of these it's like the graphics and the images are woven into it which is really nice it's very breathable um i i like all the stuff that they've sent me so big fans of them and most of their stuff is like between two to three bucks all the way up to like 20 that's like their highest i know all the t-shirts are like 10 12 bucks
0: which I think's cheapest I've seen, but they well, also really. That's ridiculous, nice. honestly. I mean, you go anywhere, you can't go to Walmart and buy a nice graphic tee for, yeah, barely and ten bucks. So they sounded like they're wanting to do more like
1: uh, collabs with other brands. So I know, I believe these are the first three uh, that I know of that they've done recently. So yeah, the we should have a link in the description of the video. If you're interested to check them out, I highly recommend it. They're gracious enough to send me these. God, Noah's approval. <laughs> um, but yeah, link should be in the description. And then over on Gaming Trend, I've actually got an article up that kind of previews some more of the stuff that they have to offer with links to purchase there as well. So whichever, you know, whichever route you want to go, I definitely recommend checking them out. I was thoroughly impressed, especially for the price point. Like, if these, I was expecting, you know, like most retailers, graphic tees are 25, 30 bucks and stuff. And these are GameStop. Yeah, 10, 15. <laughs> definitely, definitely uh, surprised me. That's for sure. Yeah, so yeah if you had to Romwe,
2: Yes, shout out to Romwe. Mm-hmm. But if you hadn't been wearing those already, I'd be super sus about the price. And the quality cause I'm, go, go ahead.
1: ahead. No, no, go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Cause I, I was going somewhere. Okay. I'm going <laughs> somewhere. Like, st-
1: um, I'm curious to see, I haven't seen of any like brick and mortar of Romy. So I believe they might be an online only don't quote me on that, but if they are, that could be, you know, kind of helping them keep the prices low. If they don't have brick and mortars, they're purely an online, um, that's something I'd have to look into more I just when I did a quick Google search I couldn't find any
2: I think that has something to do with it because I know that's why gamestop uh has higher prices than than most for for some things but I do wonder I don't know have you guys seen the I don't know the plastering of advertisements for timu like it's everywhere oh, yeah. I am not shopping on that. It's. I feel like they are so it's pervasive. It's super <laughs> sus. You get all these like crazy stuff for dirt cheap, not even like yeah. Walmart price. It is ridiculous. I am no. So when we talk about homie, online retailer,
1: homie about to try and sell me a switch for so, twenty five bucks. No, no. Right?
0: no. Yeah, like, it's it's know. pretty much another wish. Uh, what was funny is I saw a wish is more
2: in, wish is more realistic than than Timo.
0: <laughs> I I saw like a web a website or a, a meme that said uh, it's like when when you work at a Chinese sweatshop and you get an order for a thousand shirts that says stand against Chinese sweatshop shops. <laughs> it just had a face going like. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just yeah, it's, and and like yeah, I'm that's sorry, what's
1: going on. I will not shop at your business if for your advertisement purposes, your voiceover is text to speech.
2: Yes, like immediately just yes. No, no, no. no, so, no. But the weird thing about that is like there's a ton of TikToks that be doing that, so I don't know if they're doing that because other TikToks be doing that, <laughs> and so that's like the thing to do. The thing now, yeah. Some I don't people know. they don't want to
0: say words, so they're just doing it going the lazy way. I, yeah, I,
2: I don't know, but what I do know is that that is sus, and so if Romwe is an online-only retailer, I would be kind of sus about the price of these shirts, but since you're wearing them, you have vetted the quality yourself, and I've come away satisfied, especially I like the fact that they're not silkscreen stuff, because that... Mm-hmm automatically increases price on things and it's still you know 15 20 dollars so uh shout out to to romwe street fighter 6 i want to talk about world tour mode that is what i want to focus on because the street fighter 6 online all that stuff lots of demos lots of betas I feel like anybody who cared about Street Fighter Six in that way played that stuff. You already got a sense of what it is. If you haven't played it already, you already got a sense of what it is. It's PvP. There's really not much to say there. They have some cool arcade stuff going on. There's cross play. And then there's everything that they've updated with Street Fighter Six in terms of drive gauges and, and other mechanics and abilities that you can use to do PVP and learn and all that fun stuff where the real meats of street fighter six and its improvements are, are all in world tour. And I have to say that what they've done in this fighting game, that is super complex and very difficult to learn for a lot of people. World tour is a thing that should be in every fighting game from here on out, including Street Fighter. Every fighting game should have some kind of world tour mode. It doesn't have to look like what Street Fighter Six is doing, open world 3D, choose your own fights, doing all that stuff. It just needs something that is story-based and allows you to ease your way into the mechanics and the depth of... A fighting game, because many of the fighting games are absolutely intense. King of Fighters, Tekken, uh, even in some ways Soul Calibur, although I probably feel like that one's maybe one of the easier ones for a lot of people. But also, of course, Street Fighter. And then, you know, anything you see at Evo is pretty much a complex fighting game. So um, the beauty of it is you choose a character, you create the character, you go into this open world and you fight people. That is literally what you're doing. But you are doing it in this kind of JRPG style where if you've played JRPGs, more action-based JRPGs like Tales of Arise or any of the modern Tales games, um, some of the modern Final Fantasy games where enemies are on the overworld and you can run into them and engage in fights where they chase you and try to force fights. That's what Street Fighter World Tour does. And so there's all these people everywhere and you run up to them and you have the option to talk to them or fight them. And in some cases, the vendors, where you could talk to them, buy from their wares, or you can also fight them as well. So pretty much everybody in the world is someone you can fight. But what I love and what I think Capcom inadvertently did was reinvent how JRPGs should be played because I love the fact that you can just choose who and when you want to fight. Which in these action JRP- JRPGs, Tales of Symphonia Arise comes to my mind. A lot of them are meant to force engagements, A, you know, so it could be more difficult, but B, so you're not. You know, just running through it and, you know, going straight to the boss fight and fight the boss and and go from there. But I feel like every JRPG needs to be retuned in such a way to where you can choose the engagements that you want and choose how many fights you want to engage in because I felt like I was having more fun doing that. Whereas if I didn't want to engage in a fight in a JRPG, I'm kind of stuck, and I and I get that's kind of what it's trying to do, but it's also frustrating in a way that kind of sucks the fun out of it. Because I'm like, I yes, I have chosen to engage in too many fights, and that's on me. But sometimes JRPGs tend to put you in a position where it's like you're going to get beat up, and you just have to have a bunch of potions and doing all this other stuff. That's that's an annoying form of difficulty. Where in Street Fighter Six, nah, you. You're low on health. Fine. Refill your health or, you know, just don't fight until you find a vendor. Heal up, go fight again. And it feels great. And I felt like I was engaging in a bunch of fights just because I could. (laughs) I was like, I don't have to be force fed. I want to, because I just can. Now I do feel like part of that is street fighter six is a fighting game. And so in order to actually encourage fighting they probably didn't want to force fighting in a way that was that felt like you weren't having much choice cuz if you're learning the style of fighting and you're not good at it even with modern controls which is introduced in Street Fighter 6 which is basically a simplified way of executing difficult moves like hadoukens or you know quarter circle forward or the dragon punch motion and all that stuff uh, even with all that You're still learning other, I guess, behind the scenes kind of concepts like the, the neutral game. You know what happens when you're both standing there. You know, do you jump in? Do you approach? Do you dash? All that kind of stuff. You're you're learning that stuff, and so being able to just pick the fights and go as you please takes a lot of the pressure off and allows you to concentrate on just having fun and learning and i really like that what's also really cool what they do with world tour mode is they don't limit you to a single character so you can take on the move set of different characters and you have four slots of moves that you can use and you can choose a character to basically level up and learn m- more moves from them as you go along and slot those moves in into your modern controls. Uh, it defaults to modern controls, but you can use classic controls, regular inputs. So the the nice thing is, let's say you like using Ken, and he is like Ryu, where he uses fireballs, Hadoukens, uh, dragon punches, where he does the little short ukens and all that stuff. But let's say you like Kami's spiral arrow, you can combine that with Ryu's uh, or Ken's Shoryuken. And then maybe you like Blanca's little spinning ball attack. You can throw that in there too. So you could have this character that uses different moves from everybody if you want. But the nice thing is they also allow you, if you're more comfortable, you can slot in moves that use classic controls as well. So... Let's say you're really good at doing Hadoukens, your quarter circle forward motion. Well, instead of slotting that into a modern control scheme, you could slot that in into a classic control scheme, use the benefits of that, and slot something else that you like using into the modern control, and now you could do your quarter circle forwards as anybody else would with classic controls, and then do something maybe you have a lot more difficulty executing into a modern control. So the flexibility they give you, they're just like go for it, have fun. And I love that. They're not afraid to just let you just play around, have a good time, and if you really want to do something online at some point, you can take that character that you've made in World Tour and the move set that you've given them and fight other people's World Tour characters online. Just for that form of PVP. So They're really trying to let people kind of enjoy Street Fighter the way they want to enjoy. You don't want to go online at all. World 2 is a really good option for that. You are okay with going online, but maybe you don't want the sweatiness of the regular PvP, but you like the avatar that you created. Take that too. You can take that online, see how you do, have fun with that. Or you can just do the entire world tour mode and learn how to do it all with classic controls and you don't use modern so it's really stinking good how they how they have done this i think i think it is absolutely the way every fighting game should go forward because it's so accessible it's so friendly to people who don't play fighting games and i i just don't see any other reason any other fighting game? Yeah, I think the only other two fighting games I can think of that have even gotten close to something like this is Grand Blue Fantasy and Soul Calibur. They've had some story modes where you can kind of experiment and learn different characters and moves as you go, uh, but it's still none of those are still as deliberate as what Street Fighter is doing. Last thing yeah. on top of that is the amount of guides that are in the game to help you learn how to play is the best they've done as well. And so they really have a focus on people who don't understand the game while not also alienating the people who do. Excellent balance. So anything from like, hey, you like you are you interested in this character? Here's some basic stuff. Here's the moves that they use. And here's when and how you use them. Like, what is their purpose? I love that because a lot of people struggle with like, when am I supposed to use this thing? Like, what? And they tell you, they tell you directly. Like, this is how you use the character. This is their moves. This is how you use this. What when you're in a fight? These are the moments you're looking for. Use this here and do all that. So, it's still a lot to remember and you know execute in an actual fight. But the fact that it's just there you don't even got to go on youtube like just bare bones basics there in the game look up anytime love it yeah Top i'm five really game this happy year.
0: <laughs> i'm really happy with how just fighting games in general have stepped it up in terms of just the the single player experience because used to be single player experience was okay you can fight <laughs> And that was more or less it like that. That's it. You get the one V one matchup against the computer and that's it. And now we have games like, you know, for me, one of the biggest things was mortal Kombat and injustice bringing these fight, the actual storylines. And yes, it was a lot of just one V one fighting, but the way that they did it. I love how it pressed you to learn all of the characters. It was a really great way to keep me engaged Instead of me just having to sit there and learn each character like I had a, there was a point to it. And then now with Street Fighter is, is kind of taking that next step of, OK, now we're going to still push you to learn new moves, but you're going to have more choice in how you learn those and where you go, how you approach it. And let's even add it into this more open style world as opposed to having to watch a cutscene to get to that next spot to where you have the control over where you're going. So it's just just really cool hearing all of this. I hope uh, we continue to see some different evolutions, like with Mortal Kombat 1 coming and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, it's not going to deviate a ton from the formula into this. We've already seen enough of it to know it won't. But it's just really cool because when you see a game like this, this is like the Elden Rings, the Breath of the Wilds. This is the kind of game that causes the other games to look at them to the other developers to play them and they go okay how do we implement these kind of things in our game and it's it's literally the game that changes the game (laughs) because it's it's they are putting these concepts into games that other developers are like okay that's what we need to be doing
2: (laughs) i mean capcom set this standard a long time ago with street fighter when they originally introduced it so the fact that they've gone back and somehow again redefined no okay this is this is how we imp- introduce new players to yeah. this complex game they have, I truly believe they have set the standard again they've just done it with a different generation and they've done it with people who don't really play these games as much and i and i know there are people who are interested in it and they're like i'm not touching that because it's so complex and it's like no play it you can do it now and you don't even have to get super serious with it and you know there's discourse over there like oh, people complaining about how they lose to people who use modern controls it's like no bro you just suck like you need to get better (laughs) they just outmaneuvered you like it's not about you know, you're not good at street fighter because you can do the moves. You're going to street fighter because you know how to fight and, and do it correctly. Oh, they just outdid you. Uh,
0: yep. That happens in call of duty. I tell people all the time. It's not about your KD. It's about knowing how to work your map, map position, your knowledge of how spawns work, all these other things that will win you a game. Not the fact that you're sporting a 1.5 because I can, I can still out Fox you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's it's like,
0: that's cool when a game does that.
2: Yeah, and if you put these modern control players next to, you know, your your Justin Wongs and whatnot, you know, really top level players, they can execute just as well. <laughs> so like like they are modern control players. They don't they don't struggle with that. But uh I mean I get you know, some people complain about the special moves and things like that. I could get that because it doesn't take a lot of work at all to do those, but even still. You you got you got into a, a, a poor position. It's like I know I suck at Street Fighter, so like I get it. <laughs> you know, like I'm not I'm not over here like capping for modern controls. I get if I wanted to get better, even if I use modern controls, there's so many different things that I have to do in order to do that, in order to get better. So it's Capcom has done a fantastic job. I do wonder what other fighting games are going to do now that this is out and it's been out for a while. What's going to happen after Evo? Um, It's just a spectacular game from top to bottom, but especially the world tour mode. Yep. Nintendo Switch News. Rumor has it Nintendo may have a console coming in the second half of 2024. It's reported to be a portable. Uh, it may, uh, well, I, according to what it says, uh, the reports out there, it will, might come with an LCD screen instead of an OLED to reduce costs. Uh, it should have larger storage, and it might use a cartridge system to play games. There's also been no word on backwards compatibility. Um, We've seen these rumors over and over and over again. I think they've been going since at least 2022, maybe even 2021, but at the very least, 2022. And I know IGN has reported on it. Eurogamer has reported on it. VGC originally reported on it but i just don't know anymore i don't what are the chances nintendo's next console is actually coming in 2024 is there a consensus here do we believe this
1: i i do not <laughs> i i will not believe it until nintendo themselves announce something because i am there's been so many rumors like you said so many and at this point it's just who is reporting on it this week that, you know, Nintendo's got a new console in the works. It's like, we, they obviously have one in the works, but no one knows and no one will know when it launches until Nintendo actually, you know, tells us
2: themselves. So this it's is just, w- it's frustrating. This is one of those things where I feel like, if if we continue to report on it, we'll we'll get it right at one point. <laughs> like, it's, it's sometime we're gonna get this right if we just keep on doing it. Because, duh, of course they're working on something. They're not gonna let the switch yeah. go for forever. You know, PlayStation is working on another. Okay, duh, yes, yeah. So, like, I, <laughs> I get that. You know, the specs and you know the LCD screen and. A cartridge system continuing, so I I know they're trying to put some skin in the game on it by saying some of the hardware specs and things like that. But at the same time, we've seen these predictions before. We thought the OLED was going to be, you know, the the 4K version of the Switch. Nope, nope, it's just OLED, OLED screen, same same insides, bigger, better kickstand. That was my favorite part of the OLED, that kickstand. Works very well. A much nicer kickstand. <laughs> oh, so yeah, good. Very much. <laughs> but that was it. Nothing great. Where did all that stuff come from? Like, is it? So what is this stuff? It's not going to have an LCD. It's going to have an OLED trying to reduce the cost. I'm like, is OLED really that much? Is that is that expensive now? They're supposed to have a, a greater amount of uh, consoles when it comes out. They're saving up. So that way they don't have a shortage All these things, I just don't trust it. I don't trust it. It's not the reporters. I don't. I don't think you know they're actually trying to just throw stuff out there. I'm sure they are hearing something. I just don't know if it's from sources that actually know something. You know, they probably work at Nintendo. How close are they to the actual production of the console? I don't know. We don't know because they've been wrong every single one of them. David, you're itching to say something.
0: See, they we can always push the been wrong, but it's just that the the what they heard sounded different. Like for instance, with the OLED, like it was one of those things where they didn't have all the information, so you were going off that fact of oh, okay, this is a new thing. When that's all it was uh, was the OLED. Uh, with this, I think my biggest thing is we're getting reports from much bigger publications. And most bigger publications won't risk reporting on something like this. You'll get the smaller ones. You'll get the enthusiast sites. But you won't always get the IGNs of the world, the Eurogames of the world, to bite. I think part of the reason, and this uh, we didn't bring this up in the news, but some of what's been behind the scenes is that some of the dev teams have actually got a hold of development kits. And yeah, that's the some first of time this I've may heard be that. yeah yeah I've heard that some teams are getting a hold of development kits and that's part of why these this is starting to go around because and that's why it's easier to found a rumor off of something or if, to to say something about a rumor when you've got a little more in the sorts apartment uh, I'm actually more in the 90 percentile now I don't think it's early in the year I do think that it will be later in next year when they release this console it is the second
2: Uh, half of the year whatever that means yeah I,
0: i i agree with with that uh i i as if we're all thinking dates i think october sounds great to me like that just sounds like a good spot to drop it because you're before you have to me you always want to drop it where you have enough time for people to grab it uh and then you pump out more for the holiday um that's just me. I, I like the thought of releasing in October just because of that fact. Um, but you know, you you risk with the switch that you end up in this with a switch that you get to this point. We're already at a point where there are going to be struggles and there have been struggles in what your system can do. Like your your system cannot handle third party at this point. Like you you just straight up can't handle most third party the the big third party offerings because the big third parties probably want to be on the switch but a lot of without dropping the quality drastically or, or having to have a team that's porting it specifically to the switch you just can't do it compared to what things are going to now with the playstation 5 the xbox series consoles so you need another console for that but the other thing is you risk having all of your big titles absent. And I know that's never been a Nintendo thing if they're worried about it. But you don't want another Wii U launch where you don't have a game or you don't have much in terms of a game, of games because the Wii U launch was awful when it came to launch titles. I know that we can point it like the Switch and, oh, they had pretty much Breath of the Wild. They had a really strong opening year with a lot of titles that came out Over that year. And I don't think you have a lot. In terms of. If you keep skipping years. I don't think you have. You end up in a dead zone. Because Tears of the Kingdom has already come out. If we skip another year. There's a good chance that maybe you see another 3D Mario game. That comes out next year. Which I think is actually going to be your launch title. Like It might not be Odyssey 2. But it's that's what it's going to be. Is essentially whatever comes next afterwards. As well as I could see Metroid Prime 4 aiming for that. Uh, then you have that. Then you have two big titles that you have for launch on those. You you just you don't want to end up in this place where we want to drop a game, but we can't because we gotta hold it back for the next launch. And yes, Nintendo fans double dip, so yeah, you could always push on that, but at the same point. It's nice to have that system seller so to speak. I know that Nintendo rarely needs it cuz they do whatever the heck they want, but it's always a good thing to have a title right out the gate to give people to set, to play with your system. So that's what I think at least uh, I do think since they've already announced it, I think we'll get Luigi's Mansion the I think it's the the what the port of Dark Moon and the Princess Peach game that's coming; those will be the the early games next year to kind of tide people over until what's next.
2: Does Metroid Prime Four go on the Switch or the next Switch?
0: I think it's on both. I think your first two games will be cross-gen. I I do think they'll be cross-gen, but I think they'll it'll be like Zelda. Everybody's that you're going to have a ton of people that'll buy it on the next-gen system.
2: I just, yeah, I just don't know. I, I'm i with, I'm with Noah. I gotta, I, I'll wait until I hear it from Nintendo.
0: And I get that line of thought too, as somebody who worked retail and said that many times, because <laughs> it's the same, the same way I feel when I hear stuff about a GTA six. It's like it's,
2: when Rockstar says something. <laughs> Cause it's not just about the release. It's about what it will be. Yep. Maybe we'll have an OLED after smoke. All.
0: Yeah, there seems to be enough smoke. What What do you think the price point would be on it? Let's just say it has an OLED. What do you think the price point? What do you think Nintendo feels like they would be able to sell the system for? I mean,
2: the current like, OLED what? is three fifty, right? I believe so. Yeah.
0: do Do you think they manage to keep it at three fifty, or does it go to four hundred?
1: So the new one's not going to have an OLED.
0: The, the, the rumor, rumor is, is the rumor is that they're looking to cut costs. Whether or not that happens. Who knows?
2: So, yes, LCD with the intention to cut costs. Of course, I wonder if you do two
0: models at that point, but that seems a little weird. But Nintendo's never shied away from launching different versions.
1: (laughs) I mean, if they're increasing storage, we don't know by how much... Like I said, it's, it's hard, to when we don't know anything about what...
0: Well, the odd thing is costs have come down, obviously, because OLED screens are nowhere near as expensive as they used to be.
2: They're expensive, so.
0: but nowhere near as much.
2: I, want, I mean, I wonder if it's also a manufacturing thing. Maybe they're harder to to manufacture right now, and they want to have inventory. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has something to do with cost-cutting. But it's, just, it's hard to guess Is there any you... way this
0: system's over $400?
2: Over 400? Nah, no. I don't yeah. no, I, I mean I no. don't
0: think there's any way. I just no. had to ask that. I don't
2: think I, no. a Nintendo console has ever been over 400.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: This thing better have some
1: serious hardware in it if it's going to be, you know, at that price point. But yeah, if without it's... like having any kind of spec details at all besides the little that the rumors have been, you know, they've given us it's I think 3 maybe 350. Yep. Three. So then what do you put the price of the
2: Switch OLED? Drop it to
1: 300, put the new one at 350, I guess. I like I said it's it's hard to when you have no idea what's what's you
2: know. I wonder if the OLED goes 250 and they launch the new one at 350 and they just get rid of the original model. Depend on, uh, yeah. I I guess it
1: depends on how light. many
0: how many like OLED screens they have, you know, in their yeah. warehouse? I th- I think the original OLED would go down to 300 though. I don't think it would have a as drastic a drop as
2: 250. I don't think so either. I just don't know where you would place the new console if it's if it's worthy to be 350 <laughs> new without console. an OLED. It's got to do something because yeah. it's supposed to be portable. Also, that's the rumor. Yeah, it is. Supposed well, the to other be portable. the other
0: rumor is they're going to be relying a lot on uh, not necessarily. Nvidia, but a form of DLSS for the super, super sampling and everything so that they can get more out of the systems.
2: That would be nice. So, uh,
0: that's at, at least a rumor. That's what I'm, that's what I've heard in rumor.
2: What if it's not even a console that you can like put to your TV? It's just portable. What if it's just portable?
0: So a DS essentially.
2: The portable stuff is the one is the thing that really always sells, and that's how people use the Switch most is portability.
0: I think that's still one of its biggest selling points, though, is that you can do it however you like. So I don't don't see that being. I I don't think so. I wonder if they would consider though uh, that the dock would be more than just a dock, like you would actually get. I know the dock obviously helps with you getting better resolution or whatnot, but I wonder if they might consider having something in the dock that would actually give you a little bit more, like not like necessarily rate, like consistent frame like, rate. Like you flip a so switch, something yeah. Uh, switch. Yeah, yeah, that's the um, new
2: switch performance <laughs> yeah. or quality.
0: Yeah, some something like that though that, that that you would have some sort of internal workings inside the. That would actually give you a little bit more than just what it does currently,
2: and it would be so Nintendo to have a physical switch you would flip to do this, <laughs> to do something like that. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I think it says something that you know we're Nintendo uh, considering how we were after the Wii U. <laughs> I remember the conversations. So, are you the,
2: suggesting <laughs> it's possible they repeat what happened with the Wii U?
0: No, 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 no. I'm just meaning in the sense of like now we're there's 130, you know, million of these out there because Nintendo did release their earnings uh, of these consoles out there compared to you know the Wii U which was what like 13, 20. I don't remember. It didn't do well at all.
2: I think it. I think it ended up in the 20s, but it was yeah. It was, maybe it, didn't. It, it was. It was maybe bad. the, the GameCube went in the bad. 20s. I think. I think the Wii U was under 20.
0: The the Wii U was not good, but just I remember the conversations of could could Nintendo become a third party? I remember those conversations <laughs> with the Wii U of just because it was it was just rough. It was and, awful. And then now we're salivating over the next whatever comes next compared to being like. Eh. <laughs> on on what was coming next from Nintendo and being like, this is your only chance, Nintendo. And the man, thing they about
2: Nintendo and what's scary is I just don't know what they're going to do to, to differentiate it from this. The yeah. Switch is such a fantastic console. I think it's the greatest console ever made. It's conceptually fantastic. Uh, I'm talking about as a piece of hardware. It is yeah. the best yeah. console, period. But how do you follow that up? I yeah. I don't think I, they're in a rush. I, 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 I think that's yeah. where
0: I think that's where you DS it quite literally. Like you just make it better. Like just improve. Yep.
2: But can Nintendo be satisfied with just making a mainline console better? Uh, I don't know. On who's in charge, I guess. No, <laughs> you know who's in charge at this point, but mm-hmm. I uh, They did that with the DS, and they typically did that with the Game Boy as well. The handhelds, they were consistently good at making it just iteratively better. But with the consoles, they've always felt like it has to do something greater than just Maybe they aren't looking
0: at this as much as a console anymore, though. So maybe that helps with being able to do that. But admittedly, it's been a second since we've had a new system, so... But Which they've kind of done the DS thing in the sense of the, they did the light, and then they did the OLED. So maybe maybe they're still looking at it like a regular system. But neither
2: of those were more powerful. They just better screen, yeah. one that was literally just handheld. Well, but then
0: you look at 2DS. You can look at 2DS and 3DS XL and, and see the similarities.
2: Right, but the the, the 3DS was more powerful Right, you look at all the iterations of Game Boy; they progressively became more powerful. So, that that is in there for the DS's um, and and the Game Boys.
0: I'm just saying before you move to this, I'm just saying we can see at least the similarities in the way the Switch was.
2: Yeah, but business wise, monetization wise, um, I'm just afraid because the 2DS
0: wasn't more powerful.
2: No, it wasn't. It was just 2D. They took away the 3D aspect. So I I just wonder. The only time they really moved away from doing something. Well, I guess. I mean, I guess you could say the NES to the SNES was iteratively more powerful. N64 moved to 3D graphics. GameCube. Hardware wise I guess that was a really interesting thing that they did. I guess overall I guess you could say that was a iteratively more powerful 3D system. And then they had the Wii. And then they had the Wii U which I, nobody knows what that <laughs> was supposed to be. And then they had the Switch. So I guess maybe I'm overstating the fact that you know they they have been making iteratively more powerful consoles. I've just you get the feeling that since the Wii, that has been their MO and they, I feel like they always want to they
0: always want to lead in the innovation side, at yes. least what they consider innovation. Well, and forget, if
1: you said the rumor, you said that the rumors say that there is no confirmation of backwards compatibility.
0: I, I highly doubt that. It's the biggest thing is that it's not confirmed. Yeah, so I would nothing not confirmed. I wouldn't yeah, yeah I would not imagine it, I, honestly there's no way that they'll do backwards compatibility. I was like, cause if it doesn't, then that changes the entire Wii, Wii U to Switch made sense not just in the sense of like the kind of console, but also the fact of no one had a Wii U. So it was pretty easy to abandon. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy to abandon 130 million consoles.
1: Inscription. It's so hard to find words to describe the incredible uniqueness that this game brings it the originality and the fact that i this game goes places that i never imagined and i didn't think games could go to be honest like it it does reveals and surprises in such unique ways um so the game i'm talking about is inscription it's (laughs) made by one guy um, let me pull up my notes so I can find his name.
2: Oh, no, there's Daniel. This only R- one person. I didn't know that. Yep,
1: he did uh, two other games before this: um, Pony Island, which is not the kind of game you think it is, and then the Hex. And they're all like very unique um, and creative, original games. And so this it's one guy, and I I want to just give this guy. A fist bump because kudos to doing something that i never thought was possible and yeah it, it's just crazy trying to think about the way to describe where he goes without spoiling because you need to play this game with as little knowledge of it as possible in terms of storyline and where to go
2: well can so, we can we learn about the mechanics
1: yeah, that's where I'm about to go. As we got on screen, it's a roguelike deck builder blend. So you have basically two kind of cards that you can draw. One is just squirrels. Oh, Noah
0: card. Yep.
1: Yeah, so, yeah you'll, you'll learn about that here in a bit. Um, so you have squirrel cards, which are basically like pawns that you can put down to sacrifice to summon stronger cards. Kind of a staple of a lot of card games. The cool thing with this one is there's a lot of it's animal based. They have different abilities, um, different hit numbers. Some are more for offense, some are more for defense. It's the deck building is pretty standard. It's nothing that's going to surprise you um, or innovate, I should say. But man, is it addicting. Like <laughs> the fact that. Um, as you progress through, you will earn more cards into your deck. That it's not set up to where like, okay, I'm gonna go with this deck with this specific cards. It's all one kind of big pile that we will randomly pull from. Some require multiple sacrifices. Some you can actually play if you had enough cards actually die. You've had enough um, of your cards go into the. Graveyard, as you want to call it. But yeah, it's kind of a pretty simplistic deck building. There's not a whole lot of like, thought involved in terms of like, I'm trying to predict, you know, plays and cards being laid down. It's pretty self explanatory, very easy to pick up, very easy to learn. I appreciated that greatly because um, I'm horrible at deck building games. But the thing that makes it more addictive is the roguelike elements. So you're trying to go through each run and you're going to play multiple games. If you lose twice, you start back at the very beginning and you lose all progress, except for you can get a card that you can name each time you fail your run. And that's where you have Noah and I have like Gigi, and I just, I, Gonna be honest, I was so bad. I just started naming them one, two, three, four. Like (laughs) Yeah, I saw Yep in there. (laughs) Um, well, the Yep is actually a kind of a like I said, there's little things that this game does that is so cool. Um, if you highlight over some cards to be like, Hey, I think I want to play this, it'll tell you like you might not want to do that, or like you you're stupid, don't do that. Like (laughs) that was cool, like um, like the yep when he's like, Yep, play me. Which I just think little things like that. Incredibly well done. Uh, yes, and you're just plan you're trying to play through and you can choose different paths, like in a lot of roguelikes. Um you can find places like this where if you're watching it on the screen, you can pick a card to enhance either like offense or defense. And you can enhance it as many times as you want, but there is a chance that it'll actually delete your card. So you're playing that gamble of, do I want, you know, one more, do I go for the one more health boost, which I really like. It's a unique feature that for me, I I gambled a lot more after I lost like three cards. I was like, okay, I'll do one, maybe two. Don't, don't, don't press my luck. And which, um, if you notice, the vibe is very psychological horror. You're essentially sitting at a table with this pair of eyes. That's all you can really see. You'll occasionally see like some hands where he'll put stuff on the table. But that's all you can really see. That's, that's, it's beginning. I'll leave the mystery up to you, you know, for you to find out. Yeah, so it's it's it's, a, it's, it's just Anthony. <laughs> it's it's a repetition though. You're trying to make it as far in your run. After certain points, you will have like boss fights, which have unique um, variations, and not only difficulty but environment. Uh, some will have specific landscapes that change certain. Um, moves and cards that only they have. And obviously if you lose, you go back to the beginning. So it's a constant replay that I got addicted to (laughs) because it's the roguelike, one more run. And it has the added bonus of where it's a deck building. You're like, oh, my my RNG with my pulls, you know, was pretty bad. I'm gonna go another run to see if, you know, because when you start getting some of those good cards built up, And you do get a little bit stronger over time, which helps you progress further. It's not just, it's a struggle bus the whole way. I had some runs where I didn't lose any lives. There were some runs where it was, I don't know how I'm here. That it just makes it so addictive. And like I said, the way that this guy has put in surprises that he doesn't, come right out and show you to be like, hey, here's a surprise over here. Um, The entire game itself, the best way I can describe the surprises and the environment is like an escape room where there are hidden details in the cards, in the information text boxes that you don't even realize are there. The secrets are hidden Everywhere in this game, Um, like you can see the 2.73 on the screen or the 273 on the screen that was just on. Um, That was actually a clue for a puzzle that progressed more and just things like that. Like, I wish that more games were like this. This is, in my opinion, like the true definition of an indie game is it has a genre. It blends it with other unique elements. And makes it feel original, creative, and just fun. Like it's it's what I love about indie games. It's so refreshing to play. It's not some big, one hundred hour open world RPG that we get constantly, you know, thrown out at us. I I'm so glad that I found this game because it was it's on Steam. Like there's overwhelmingly positive reviews on this I was like it's gotta be pretty good and then I read the comments and the reviews were like don't look up anything just go in and play (laughs) and so I gave it a shot and well worth the uh, purchase I think I paid like 15 bucks for it Um, definitely got my money's worth out of it so yeah this is one that take my word for it (laughs) Like, like Romwe great shirts Inscription, phenomenal game. I'm surprised it hasn't um, hit the bigger scene just with how much of a spectacle this game is.
2: When did this game come out? Did it come out this year? Uh, let's see. Let me go back to. I thought it came out last year. Um, yeah, 2020
0: last year because I, be- I, I believe. Uh... 2021, actually. Oh my god. Funny enough, I funny enough, I think uh we actually back when we did part timers podcasts, I think previous Noah actually meant brought up oh, he this did. game. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it was fate.
2: <laughs> yeah. I see it's $20 on the Switch. That's where I would buy it, because this looks like a great handheld game.
1: It does. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, it's it is so hard to be like, hey, play this game. Why? Well, I don't need to tell you. You know, like I, I want you to Learn and explore this game because it will be much more satisfying. Do the cards have
2: abilities?
1: Yeah. So each card, some have really strong attacks, some have defense, and there's a symbol in each in each card that correlates to a certain ability. So, like on the screen right now, the Skink card. If that card dies it actually spawns a tail if it if that card dies it gets replaced with a tail which can be used to sacrifice to bring in a stronger card okay. um, like a token card are, yep yeah and so the way you win is you have to do like most card games you have to do a direct attack points to your opponent and it uses teeth whenever you score points it drops teeth onto a scale and if you get the scale to go entirely in your way you win If it's not, you lose. Um, There are some cards that can buy. Like if you have a card, an enemy card in front of you, um, no matter what defense it has, it will actually bypass and hit your opponent directly. Wait, explain that um, again. So let's say there are some cards that like how there's the two, uh, the two row format if I have a card and then my the opponent has a card in front, if I attack, if you have it's looks almost like a wing symbol. If you attack that card, it bypasses that card in front of you instead of doing damage to that oh, card. Oh, I got you. It does direct damage to That's the, the ability,
2: opponent. right? Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there are some that once you move, your card will either shift to the left or right one space. Um, like the squirrel, you can see the little wing ability on that scroll card, which squirrels can't attack because they're just basically sent out to die is basically what they're done. So yeah, it can actually bypass any cards in front to do direct damage.
2: So when you're playing, I've played quite a lot of card games like this. Do you have, so I'm confused about how you get to attack face. Is it, if, you, if the, the lane in front of you is open, you can, you attack, can attack face. But if mm-hmm. there's a card there, you have to attack the card. Yes. Okay, so it is a little mixture of Yu-Gi-Oh and Hearthstone. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely compare it to Yu-Gi-Oh. Just yeah, because like there's the, the sacrificing.
2: Name. Yeah. Uh, that's more Yu-Gi-Oh. The, the face attacking, that's more Hearthstone magic kind of thing. Um, and...
1: And, like, that wolf card that's uh, currently paused on the screen for, like, it has six defense or six health. So it can take six attack hits before it, you know, goes to the graveyard. The cool thing is there are certain spots where you can not only choose to increase the strength or defense, but you can actually swap abilities with different cards, and that'll carry over. Um, But then if you die, you have to start over, and you get to pick—you get to have one created card— you can kind of make your own and that that stays permanently in the deck
2: um, interesting it's so there is a a little bit of you can carry some stuff over yeah, into the next yeah, round light
1: is probably a better because there is some progression that carries over um, but it's very small and it's a lot of RNG like with what cards you draw and stuff like that which adds to the I want to go one more time. Like, I want to do one more run to see if I can, you know, pull all the cards that I need to in order to win.
2: Disney Illusion Island.
0: If you are a Disney fan, this is just going to make you just so happy. Uh, As you can see just from the gameplay or from the video we're seeing right in front of us, all the visuals are just crisp. Like everything looks so well animated, so well drawn uh, with everything that they've done with these characters. You can't help but be happy watching all of this like that. That's what the old Mickey cartoons used to do for you. You know, you're just happy watching them. And that's what this game does is you're just happy looking at all of the visuals.
2: There was no Uh, sound (laughs) and I'm happy looking at it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, It's just one of those things that gives you that just that vibe that that happy. Everything's great vibe, Uh, even though everything is not great because you were on this island for a picnic. Turns out you got tricked to come here because there's a people here that need your help because they've lost some myth, mythical tomes from their bookshelf. And they've heard all about your adventures that you have done, even though all of those were fake in cartoons. <laughs> and you have to go and help them find their these tomes. So one of the things that is really cool about this is the way the studio has changed. Because the studios is Delala, Delala Studios, I believe is the name. Uh, and they did battle toads before this so the first thing that hits me is just you're talking about like the and in one of the most intense franchises <laughs> when it comes to like being a platformer and whatnot to this which is not at all uh which is super cool because I don't know about you not every platformer needs to make me stressed out and that is why I love illusion island is it is just a chill platformer there's not a t- there are abilities and different things you gain along the way as you play it but there's nothing that is so intense as like you know oh i need to triple jump this or i need to like constantly do these platforming sections within seconds to be able to do everything correctly Uh, what you see here is a lot of what you get at the end there is some stuff that is a little tougher when it comes to some of the platforming sections but they have looked at Dalala to make this something that everyone can play this isn't just something you're playing by yourself. This is something you can actually play with friends and family. It is it is only local co-op at this point. That is one thing that is a bit disappointing uh, with no talk of any online co-op. But it is actually up to four people, and it is exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. And they do allow you, since it's pretty much only a couple button presses, you're able to use just the halves of the Joy-Cons. So everybody's going to be able to play. Uh, You're going to be able to, just with one Switch, you'll have two players. So I keep talking about family-friendly, and they've got a lot that they've done to make it that way. Uh, One of the things that's really nice is if you're playing co-op, you can actually hug each other and it'll give you an extra heart. Uh, There's also... You actually choose at the very beginning of playing. This isn't something that you set at the beginning of the game, but rather something as you jump in. There's like a little menu where you're choosing what character you want to play as. Uh, It shows like your number of hearts and you can actually jump that up. You can turn it to a complete no fail mode, uh, you know, and you can do that per character. So if I'm playing and I want a real intense experience, I can have it where I have one star. (laughs) But if, say, I'm playing with my little niece and she's wanting to play, I can put it on no fail to make sure that even though I want the intense experience, she doesn't have to deal with that experience. And the other cool thing that's also in here is, let's say that there's a really tough platforming area. If I manage to jump all the way up, then to make life easier since they might not be able to do it. They actually have it so that I can actually bend down using controls and press a button and it will lower a rope. And that rope will go all the way down (laughs) to the bottom. So my teammate can literally avoid the entire platforming section and climb up the rope, which I think is just super cool. And it makes life super easy. And it it also makes it so that I can help – Teach someone who's not done a platformer how to play a platformer because, yes, there are going to be some parts. Yeah, they want to learn. We want to get them. But that way they're missing the more intense spots like it, they're still getting the experience without having to deal with the frustration of well, I just want to quit because I don't play these games and it's too hard.
2: Yeah, especially if they're because hopping in, in a more difficult level.
0: Yeah. And for me, you know, some of these things that you'll watch in the video, it's perfectly natural for us gamers to know how to play them. But if you've never played a platformer before, there's a just a muscle memory that's just not there. Like I the very first one of the very first things I didn't realize because we played uh when we were at Summer Games Fest, we played with a lot of abilities already unlocked. I was trying to do certain jumps and get to certain areas and realized I didn't have like the dragging on the wall so I could hop up the walls. (laughs) So I was already trying to do those things because that's muscle memory as someone who plays stuff like Mario and Rayman and all these other things that isn't, I didn't have that ability yet. So it's, it's something that we might not think of, but that little kid or, uh, an older player that just doesn't play video games or, or mom that just straight up doesn't play video games. You can include them in this game, uh, and it just it just feels like it combines so much that is so good, a- and that makes Illusion Island just just perfect at what it does. I know Ron, Ron and I, Ron did this one more himself. Like I assisted with some things on it, and we talked about score and stuff. Uh, but we ended up giving this one a ninety five out of a hundred because it's it's just got so much style to it. It's, it's got that Disney whimsical charm that you just love. Like you said, you're happy just watching what you're seeing. But if you added in like all the, them making these different jokes, like they make a lot of really just funny little jokes as they're going around and whatnot. And it's just perfect. Like what they've done here is just fits so perfectly. Uh, it does have a bit of a Metroidvania thing to it, so some people are not going to maybe like it as much because you'll have to go to this area to get these keys and unlock this door and stuff like that. But I just find it hard to find anybody who wouldn't play this for 30 minutes and not have just a huge smile on their face <laughs> because it, like I said, it's just so good. Uh, if what? you want to fast forward it a little bit to some more of the game actual gameplay, since we've seen a lot of the cutscenes, what about? Hey, I was this?
1: watching that.
2: <laughs> All right? What about it? Why doesn't it get one hundred?
0: Um. The only thing is that Ron brought up is the last hour has a really sharp difficulty spike. Oh, and it's all platforming. So one of the things I did not bring up is there is actually no combat at all in this game. Interesting. You you are not jumping, you are not jumping on any enemies or anything. It is all avoidance.
2: Well, that would make the idea that it's a metroidvania even easier to stomach. Cause if there's no combat anyway, I mean, what else are you going to make, make it more interesting besides just increasing the jumping sequences? Yeah.
0: Cause even the boss encounters, are they're all puzzle platform based. Like you're figuring out how to solve the boss encounter. Cause we, we actually played one of those at summer game fest. I don't have the video for it, but interesting. So that that's really the cool thing about it. Um, when we get to a moment where I'm just playing the game, if you can't, if you don't mind unmuting it, I would just like people to hear the music behind everything because it
2: is so, uh, Disney. Well, the fact that we haven't seen a bunch of gameplay, does this have a lot of cutscenes?
0: Um, You don't get like I actually get to a point since I'm at the very beginning of the game. There was a lot. There's not yeah. a lot from from here on out like the You occasionally get stopped and have like some reading stuff that you do like like a lot of these games do with stuff. But there's very little where it's uh you get a lot of sections of gameplay. It doesn't break things up too bad.
2: All right. Well this looks like a section. We can listen to yeah. some of the music. Just just a quick thing of it. Is there music? Well,
0: I thought there was more here.
2: <laughs> it's more ambient it. than anything.
0: Yeah. I hear a little bit. Said so that very Disney soundtrack music.
2: This is. It feels like whenever. Soundtrack. Yeah, like like whenever
1: characters man. are like going somewhere or, you know, moving from one place to the other, this is the, the travel music.
0: Like, I hear that yeah, and I think yeah. Disney immediately. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it has all the charm <laughs> yeah. of a Disney anything. Yep. At least anything with vocal. We know Larkana, you know, all the Gen Con stuff going on. That's a card game. Yeah. But as far as audio is concerned, this sounds like it's hitting all the right notes, you know. And know, it cliche, looks but- beautiful
0: on the OLED. I, I, it, it works perfectly in handheld. I mean, it, that's a pretty obvious statement, I feel like, because platformers are just great on the switch
2: (laughs) yeah this looks fantastic i'm not a disney person whatsoever i i am more looney tunes if anything but now i want to play this i want to play this i want my kids at work to play this i want my daughter to play this i want my wife to play this i want to play this this looks really good and pretty much
0: anybody can play it because they've put a lot of effort into making this approachable for
2: everyone. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. So you gave it a score. You said it was yes. 95. Yes.
0: Yes. It was a 95 out of a hundred. I fully agree with that score. Okay. And you know, I, I we were talking about this, uh, uh for a little bit before the podcast. And I am willing to say that this is in my top 10 platformers. Now, I know a lot of people are going to get all upset because (laughs) there's a lot of platformers. There's a lot of platformers. Yeah. Yeah. I, (laughs) I did not grow up with nearly as many platformers as some. So a lot of people are going to listen to this list and they're going to be like, screw you, David. (laughs) Screw them. This is your list. Yeah. Because there is no Sonic and there is no Mega Man on this list. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, Anthony's I have some... like, I gotta go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anthony's oh. like, I have been the the podcast host.
2: <laughs> well, we will see y'all later. <laughs> so the thing about well, okay, quickly about Sonic. Yeah. I don't know if Sonic isn't a lot of top ten for people. Like I I, yep. I know the older Sonics have a have a great soft spot for people, including yep. myself, especially my wife. But I don't know if Sonic makes anybody's yeah. top 10. Well,
0: all list. all people have to do is watch my gameplay from Summer Game Fest, which a lot of people did and a lot of people commented on. And they will know that I did not play a lot of Sonic. <laughs>
2: because oh, I, was, uh, yeah.
0: I did not do well. <laughs> With the Sonic footage, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. So, let me get over here. I have the actual list over here. And, again, this is... Very subjective because I know one of these on this list, not everybody would consider, I guess, pure platformer. But I feel like that's such a tough thing is to get like specific. Uh, my number one is Kirby's Adventure. I
2: think I've okay. said on here multiple times. Timeout. You've already messed up. You started with number one. You don't okay. start with number don't one, Don't start David. with number one. Okay, no, you all right. With
0: 10. So we'll, okay, we will go back to ten. Obviously, no. everybody knows number one now, but I'm going to start with ten. <laughs>
2: it's okay. We can salvage this. All right,
0: all right. So number ten, I've got Cuphead.
2: Oh. Because
0: okay, Cuphead, I, it, Cuphead that, is hard, it makes me mad, but oh my goodness, it is such a good platformer, and it is one point. of the best-looking platform, like, best-themed platformers out there. Like, okay. for, for what all of Illusion Island is <laughs> to Disney, Cuphead is to that old-style animation cartoon. Like, it, it just does it perfectly. So, to me, that's number 10 at least.
2: That, that's a great start.
0: Uh, number nine uh, for me is Shovel Knight. Okay, I bad so
2: far. Okay, I, just,
0: <laughs> I love what Shovel Knight does. It's just one of those. It's just one of those games.
2: <laughs> I haven't game. played I it in a w- while, Knight.
0: but Shovel Knight is just a lot of fun to play. I like the soulsy elements of it, so oh it God. is oh, just a really cool yeah. idea. Um, number eight is one a lot of people probably don't have on their list but i have a soft spot for it is shadow complex oh interesting <laughs> i do you remember shadow complex yeah, yeah. okay so that was a 2.5 d platformer yeah. that was on the xbox arcade uh that was actually right around the time i was discovering xbox live arcade on 360 I so yeah. i was buying i was buying a lot of xbox live points i just i, questioned I was placement
2: oh. that's all yeah <laughs> you put but I, Shadow Complex above Cuphead.
0: Anthony. Yeah, I, it just has a soft spot. It has a soft spot in my heart. Uh, just because of what what it did. Uh, you know, I can't argue with the soft spot. Um, number seven is actually Disney Illusion Island. I think that it is well deserved. Uh I, again we've already talked about how much fun it is, and it just hits a lot of notes. And I'm a I'm a sucker for old school disney animation and stuff and this really lands in that along with being a really solid platformer. Um number 6 is Little Big Planet because Little Big Planet is oh, just yeah. such a good platformer. That's
2: a, that's a very charming game.
0: <laughs> like it's just so much fun the fact that it's four player co-op, the, the the tons of levels that you can play from other people what they built. I watched when Little Big Planet, I think it was two, came out and everybody went nuts with the level editor. Where people built working calculators, they built Call of Duty zombies. I don't remember if it was two or three. <laughs> like they built some ridiculous stuff. They but did. if even if you got rid of what people were making in the level editor, the game by itself was fantastic. Uh, I, agree. I would like to see Media Molecule go back to that.
2: I, my friend and I, we were grown-A adults playing that game and laughing like little children. We were, that game is so good. And, and there's
0: nothing like s- just trying to smack each other. I know. <laughs> you <laughs> could sit there the
2: for goofball quite a while. Yeah. Stuff you could do. It was fantastic.
0: Yep. yep. And uh, Sack Boys Big Adventure is super underrated. I don't know if you've got to play that, Anthony. I have not
2: played that, no. Uh,
0: it. You do know that that is on PC now,
2: correct? I know, I just haven't. Okay. I just, just haven't I just to... wanted to make sure you knew on that one. I, it I am is a platformer well guy. I, I am aware <laughs> of that stuff. Yep. Uh,
0: number five, uh, you cannot make a list with top platformers and not have Rayman Legends. Because Rayman well, Legends, this, this is actually, this reminds me a lot of Rayman Legends and just the style of it. Uh, but Rayman Legends, I, I I love the 3D Raymans like that. That was one of my favorite games when when I was younger. I had a really terrible PC and <laughs> uh, that my grandpa gave me and I played Rayman Legends or not Rayman Legends, but Rayman, I think it was two. It was the one that ended up coming out on the 3DS.
2: Yeah, I think it was uh, two.
0: And because it was the first one that was full on 3D. Um, yeah. and I even like the original platformer style Rayman Legends, the first one, but the the second one has a special place in my heart for just being one of those games that I played the heck out of because I would play it until my computer crashed and then boot it back up and start over. <laughs> Poor um it was it was a bad it was did I was definitely not running on recommended or minimum probably. Um but Rayman Legends, it just has so much charm, so much heart to it it's hard to make it again, make a list and not have Rayman legends somewhere on it. Especially it, it, to me, it definitely belongs in top five. Uh, number four, a game that many probably don't know of is jazz jackrabbit. Oh yeah. That is actually a cliff. Blazinski game. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people think don't that was know. His first game. It, it's kind of like, like if his- Sonic were a shooter, <laughs> it's almost yeah. a good way to put it. Uh, and it's awesome. I love Jazz Jackrabbit. That I played the heck out of that as a kid. Yeah. Um. I can't completely decide number three which one, so I kind of combined it. I'm kind of cheating here, uh, to a degree. But Super Mario Brothers three, Super Mario World.
2: Okay. That, yeah, I can see why you do that, that yeah. in that,
0: in, in that, because it's both in that kind of same timeline. But those those two games are just you don't really have to say anything for those games because they're just fantastic.
2: I, I was getting worried. <laughs> no, 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 super. The, I, I, played, I, I think we
0: had that. We had that conversation about that being one of my first games. <laughs> sure, so yeah. yeah, the, to me that, you know, you have to have that up there in your top ones. Uh, number two for me is one that's very special. All of these. What's funny is the first, the, t- my top four are ones that were very special in my childhood. Um, and number 2 is commander keen i played the like those are some of the first games i remember full on beating them like yeah. I, I think i actually finished every single commander keen game except for 2 2 is the only one and i actually got to the last mission i just never finished it uh i don't remember if it just had a bad save or something where i couldn't do anything or if i just got stuck or what but yeah, I I legitimately finish everyone, and I that's a game that I wish would come back in platformer form because I know that at one point I believe Bethesda owns the rights to it, and I thought they were going to bring it back <laughs> in some form, but I think it was like a mobile idea, and I wasn't really down with that. So okay, uh, Commander Keen is my number two, and then number one we already know what it is: Kirby's Ad- Adventure. That is just one of my favorite games ever. Uh, it's a good one. In general Kirby games are fantastic, but Kirby's Adventure will always be a favorite. Like I the NES Classic came out and sure I wanted to get the NES Classic. Anyway, the fact that it had Kirby's Adventure on it made it a must buy. So, that is that is my top 10 on when it comes to <laughs> My this I got a question. already
2: made it in there. It's pretty good. I got a question. Yeah. Hey, David.
1: uh, This is Noah Gaming Trend. Big fan. You're kind of sliding (laughs) a little. Um, How do you have a top 10 platforming games list and not have Astro's Playroom in the top 10?
0: Mm. I don't think it's as good as those 10, (laughs) but it's a great (laughs) game.
2: (laughs) Astro's Playroom? Yes. Okay.
1: Okay, apparently I have the hot take here. Okay, I'll, I'll just, <laughs> uh, me and my not, homies, we'll, we'll just go see ourselves out. Okay, I okay, it's not now. Just get your now, no, no, just no. get
0: your homies commenting in the, in the chat. Just yeah, go, ahead and get the get a, three go ahead and get it, and like, get your bring, get your I'll army play. in here, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not, it's not one of the, the best games on the PS5.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying it's ho- horrible, I'm just, uh, yeah, I can. I can see why it's not. It is top. Okay. Maybe, maybe I would. I mean, I'll give it an honorable mention or something. No, no, no. I don't want to
1: pity honorable mention. Okay. Me me and my
0: honorable mentions for losers. Yeah.
1: That's, that's, yeah. No, I don't want to pity vote. Yeah.
0: I said Shadow Complex is just one of those, uh, like, it was from that, it was that era as I was discovering Xbox Live Arcade and that it just has a special spot.
1: I like your list, though. Like, overall, I really like
2: it. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I really had to put some thought into it, though, because it was one of those
0: things of I'm like, I got to really look back, because I don't even remember half the... I play a lot of games.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No. And I know platformers are not your go-to. I uh, I like
0: platformers, but I do
2: not play them nearly as much as I used to. You made a
1: platformer?
2: bruh,
0: they're They're apparently going to make an RPG at some point, so I'm going to get ready.
2: They got a board game, apparently. Uh, Yep. They, uh, you know, I think Call of Duty would take on some form of, like, metal slug in in some weird way. If it made money, they would definitely do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you wanted to bring up something else that is not on the wheel, David. You had had a, a thing.
0: Yeah, it's been a really fun week when it comes to just hot takes online. And this was an interesting one that popped up. And and I don't have, like, you know, the the tweet that started it all. (laughs) But a lot of people are, like, hitting on people about, oh, you're fanboys, you're fanboys about things. And it's because people brought up that Starfield we are under a month away from this game coming out uh, if you if you count early access obviously uh, as as the starting point which would be september 1st okay and they're pointing out and they're saying look there's a lack of marketing and this is xbox's biggest exclusive in years so it's just really i'll say this the person who who i whose tweet i did grab they put it in a sense of look this is bewildering because the game launches in less than 4 weeks and it's been almost silent since the summer showcase. I think they put it really well, but obviously, you know, Twitter can't talk about anything without jumping down someone's throat. <laughs>
2: That's why I'm on threads.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and immediately is going, I didn't know this was a fanboy account, blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like, no, this is actually a really interesting discussion. Because everybody knows my opinion at this point, I think Starfield is is Xbox's most important game that they've they've released. Like argue with me on Halo Combat Evolved, all this different stuff. What you not? You know that's, a, but it is vi- especially right now. This game is vital to Xbox. Like they they need this win. Uh, it, it's just like when we went into the June showcase, they needed that win of a good showcase. Now this is the follow up of they need this game to come out and be a game of the year candidate, like content not just a candidate, a contender for game of the year, okay? Why the heck are they not talking about this game more? Why the heck has it gone since the showcase? and we haven't heard we haven't had these bunches of different marketing and I could just be in the wrong circles. But I don't feel like I'm seeing ads. I'm not getting new trailers. Like we're not getting. We we got a couple of anime thing like things a week or two ago, and we're just not seeing. We're not seeing anything from from Bethesda to really hype this game. And are are, are they hoping to avoid Cyberpunk? Is that where we're at at this point? You know, you don't want to get Keanu up on the stage. But in any case, it's it's been real quiet.
2: <laughs> oh, maturity goes a long way for some things. Marketing in the form of ads, TV spots, billboards, bus placements, all that stuff. I don't even know if that's still a thing, <laughs> but well uh, spider-man
0: did rap a buzz so there you go actually yes. a train
2: that is, yeah we have trolley raps sometimes too where i'm at um that's not the only way marketing works people forget word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of marketing and since the summer showcase that xbox did everybody's still talking about Starfield in some form or fashion. There is nothing Bethesda needs to do right now because people can't stop talking about Starfield even though there's no marketing directly from Bethesda themselves. All people do is show off the controller, the headset, speculate about what they want to do in Starfield, what they can do, mods, or, you know, people are making mods for the thing already. People are talking about Starfield. They don't need to do anything. They're generating their own conversation based on everything that they already showed at the showcase because there was a lot to see. There's a lot to unpack. So no, there's nothing to be concerned about in this particular case. Now, in any other circumstance, yes, I might be concerned that there isn't much marketing going on because that usually means they're going to let the thing die. But this is Starfield. They're not going to let the thing die. They're going to show something at... Uh, I want to call it Gamescom. Is it? It's, it's,
0: it's Gamescom.
2: Thank you. I don't know why I was thinking it was something. <laughs> it's yeah. it's like five four days before the game actually comes out, though. Still got to show something. The point yeah. is, I mean, probably that, the story that, trailer or the that, launch trailer. Yeah, and that just happens to be where Gamescom is in relation to where yep. um the game is coming out. That's I wouldn't correlate those two things as like oh they're just waiting four days, so. Starfield is marketing itself at this point. Like everybody is already pretty much as hyped as they can be. There's not much else Bethesda needs to do to generate hype. It's already in the discussion. It's still top of mind. That's what marketing is supposed to do keep something top of mind. It is. Everybody's waiting, everybody's anticipating, everybody's predicting. It's fine.
0: Yeah, it just leaves me, though, wondering, did you go too far with the 45 minutes? I'm not saying it wasn't fantastic. I'm just, I sit here and I look at it and I say, you know, you could have spaced some of this out and done diaries on this is how this system worked, This is how this system works. I, I know, again, we've seen games do that. It not work, all that kind of stuff. But you want to be able to continue to build and be able to grab people's hunger for something. And yes, a lot of people are talking about the game, but you want stuff from the proper channel. You want stuff from the proper channel that is grabbing at people, that is, that is giving them new information. People love new information. And when all I'm doing is going off of, this is what I'm guessing Starfield is doing. <laughs> this is what I think the game is do- This is what the star map supposedly is. Then I'm, it's just a bunch of guesswork
2: starfield is currently trending on Twitter with eleven thousand 11 point two K posts
1: yeah because we're that's interesting because it.
0: it,
2: it, it's because that's of the whole market
0: it's because of the lack of marketing that's, that's, talk that's, that's why that's David
2: don't do that <laughs> you're better than that
0: <laughs> also can anybody tell me how weird it is that they have not dropped a starfield bundle? For an Xbox Series X,
2: is that weird? Like people are hype over the controller and the headset. Yeah, drop a bundle
0: with the console. That's free sales. If you could throw a code in a box with Diablo, you can throw a code in a box with with
2: this. The collector's edition. This is is bigger. Five hundred dollars. Something like that. I didn't whatever. say throw
0: Here. the. I didn't throw the. Say throw the collector's edition there. I know. Just
2: throw a code for the premium. For what? When the collector's to, edition exists to sell.
0: To sell the con, you're not. You're not selling collector's editions to, to. You're selling this to the. This is extra marketing. It's free extra marketing to David. other people. It's I buy the system with the game with it. <laughs> David,
2: we've been over this on this podcast. That is not Xboxes. Plan that is not Microsoft's plan is to sell oh, a I forget, bunch of more consoles. I, I forget we're
0: talking about the third place console.
2: David, you know, we're why talking, they're third we're talking
0: place. about uh, they're gonna keep being in third place if they don't start putting themselves out there front
2: and center. Noah, why is the Xbox <laughs> third place?
1: Well, um this I this isn't I, a hard I, answer.
2: You should know this.
1: They're, they're not trying. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Seriously, this is them guys, just continuing to not try.
2: Like, they are in okay, third like, place because they don't have games. Like so here's the RP- thing. If we are trying to give
0: them more games, why would I not promote games, especially the biggest game of the of the year for them? Why would I not go hard on the game? Why would I not push? If I don't have games, why would I not push the thing that I don't have? <laughs> I'm sorry, Anthony. I agree with
1: David. If I just (laughs) bought this company and like I'm I'm getting an exclusive game for my console, I'm putting this game, game, the next Bethesda game, I'm putting this thing on a McDonald's Whopper, like (laughs) McDonald's Whopper. Yeah, yeah. sorry. (laughs) Like I'm putting this thing everywhere. A starfield shaped Whopper, (laughs) McDonald's. It's, It's going everywhere. Like that is. The people who should be tired of seeing ads for this
2: okay let let's <sighs> gosh
1: because if, and then if, you got Sony we'll who is like it. selling and, like and plates and we...
0: special edition consoles for spider-man two months before because they want their numbers to look better than
2: than xbox
0: okay, when they when starfield comes out
2: different than microsoft yeah but
0: how bad does it look when i sold more consoles than you did when your biggest game came out
2: <laughs> because microsoft isn't worried about how many consoles is only compared to playstation they're worried about but, game w- but consoles. word
0: of mouth <laughs> but word of mouth that's the most exp- that's the most important marketing you just told me that
2: Which would help sell it for Game Pass, too. This is not hard to understand. Not only that, Starfield still is not the same audience as halo halo is a bigger audience than starfield believe it or not i, I actually Sorry. don't agree with that Yo, i don't agree with don't that in the slightest <laughs> halo i don't agree with it in the slightest halo no. stretches across the span of all kinds of different mediums that does not happen if halo is not as big or bigger than starfield you cannot get away with that if that is not the case so they are able to put things on McDonald's Whoppers and do things like that. Haha, ha, Noah. So that is why you're not seeing all the crazy billboards and all that stuff for Starfield because the audience size is just different to the type Skyrim of has
0: sold more than 60 million copies. I know. Then and you yet, throw everything out that from yet. the makers of Skyrim. And yes, that's Skyrim. It's so easy.
2: Skyrim doesn't have its own TV show. It doesn't have a Netflix thing. It doesn't do this. It doesn't do that. My point is is that Halo reaches all kinds of audiences. Yeah, Halo Bethesda had to do that because they're not selling that. That, that, that. Stop. That is not how that works. Bethesda has a very specific... It's a huge audience. Let's not get it twisted. It's a huge audience. I'm not saying it's a small audience let's not get this mistaken, but is a different audience, one that is entirely, almost entirely focused within the video game space. Probably some tabletop DD crossover, things like that as well, but primarily the video game space. And so to spend the money, to market it in that way, to try to get people who don't normally play video games to get interested in something as complex and huge as Starfield is not a winning solution from a business perspective that is why you are not seeing it like that
0: yeah but if all i'm preaching is i want to I, I want everybody to touch my stuff and i can Please get them with that. this space odyssey <laughs> this this space epic Again, what other game do they have to spend money on for marketing right now? I mean, there isn't. Out. I, I I agree. There isn't. I agree. So you spend it all on Starfield. You put it no. everywhere, <laughs> and you no know way. what? You use it. If I'm pushing Game Pass, what is my biggest game coming to Game Pass?
2: Starfield. Starfield. And who? So is it, it needs to be. Reached?
0: It needs to be everywhere. Play it on Game Pass from the
2: makers of Skyrim. Who has already it has already touched most of the people that it is going to touch at this point. All the people who need to know about Starfield already know about Starfield at this point. But if
0: I want more engagement, if it's all about engagement, I gotta get them in the door.
2: Well, the game has to come out first, and again, they've already it's already touched all the people who want to know about this game. Noah, go ahead. I see you. Uh,
0: I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna start off so that way I let my thoughts funnel out at a <laughs> steady pace. That way I don't say s- something stupid again because my wires got crossed. <laughs> it's fine. I've said stupider stuff. If he be around me long enough you'll be like, this guy he has a brain? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here's my thing. The reason why I am with David, okay, is if I am Phil right now and I have Bethesda you know, acquired, I am hungry. I want everybody playing this game because it is so big and has the chance to be so impactful for them. It could turn, it could pivot them and put them on the upward direction. And if I'm just relying on word of mouth, that's great, that's cool, but it's not enough for me. I want every person to know about this game.
0: It, it, word of mouth will only will roughly hit your circles. It's if not- the only people are talking about it is Xbox Podcasts. It's only going to reach the Xbox podcast, bros.
2: When I said word of mouth, I was not saying that is directly and strictly how they are planning to use their marketing. I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about the idea that uh, people are saying that there's no marketing right now. Be concerned. Code red. No, I mean,
0: oh, those are stu- stupid takes. It's just a lack of that's
2: what you started this whole thing with. So no,
0: I said a lack of I said a lack of so- there's not enough of it. Again, we have seen it feels like every two weeks there's something new for Spider-Man. Sony's already getting into this heavy market. It was at Comic Con. Is ah, I get it. You know, you're not going to have Starfield at Comic Con. But at the same point, if I've got this massive game, this absolutely incredible game, I am doing a disservice if I'm not showing it off to everybody. Like Starfield, I think is going to be bigger than Cyberpunk was. I agree you gotta you gotta have if cyberpunk was pushing it the way they were i i felt like i couldn't go anywhere without seeing something would about you, Cyberpunk. would
2: you agree with me if starfield launched tomorrow that it would do better than starfield or i'm sorry than cyberpunk even without all the marketing that hasn't happened up until this point
0: there's a possibility but they need it to be way bigger than that because you know what There are a lot of people playing it on game pass they ain't getting that money
2: if they if they get new game pass subscriptions that's how they're getting their money that that's what they're concerned about so uh, do you think starfield would generate more subscriptions for game pass
0: it can it just it needs to be bigger
2: we don't even know the size yet. What are we talking about? Like, what do you mean by bigger? We, you, if People you are do, still talking about it.
0: After I think the point is you do everything months. in your power to make this as big as it possibly can, and it doesn't feel like everything in their power is being done. That That is more what it's at. We That's, are not seeing everything in their power being done. You
2: don't blow your budget based on what you... You don't blow your budget based on what you're seeing, what we're seeing right now. They know what the future is. We've seen what the future is. We've seen what 2024 looks like in potentially as long as those games actually come out, then yes, we, we know what they're working towards. So you don't blow everything up for Starfield, which is already going to be huge as people are. Still no, we talking spend the money on
0: Redfall. It. Okay, we
2: know they didn't spend any money on it. There's Red a fall.
0: I I feel like I've seen way more marketing f- consistently up to re- up okay. to Redfall's launch I will, than I saw for Starfield.
2: I will give you that in the sense of they did that because Redfall needed to sell something, so they were blasting it out there so people knew about him it, it looked decent enough. I get I get you there, but that's the reason why they did that. With Starfield, yes, they put everything out there in the summer showcase, and yet that has Trailed and has lasted all the way up until now. I don't know why they need more when people are still aware of the fact that Starfield is coming. They are anticipating it. They've taken days off. They're ready to take vacations. What, I don't. When you, you and I, I are you aware, more, we got to get
0: the casual public in this.
2: The casual public doesn't care about Starfield. You know this. This is not those their are kind who, of game. Those are who they want, though. Those are who Phil
0: wants playing this game. They're That's why Game players. Pass exists. They're That's why Game Pass me. exists. That's so that, that casual players will play all of this. Use They're your biggest not. title. Use your biggest title to pull them in. <laughs> that audience is not going to play this, so you
2: don't spend. Yeah, but your money you want there. them to.
0: You want them to because you want to, because Starfield is a game that will keep them playing Game Pass for months
2: upon years. Okay, I'll give you this. I will give you this. <laughs> if you throw it out there and market it towards everybody and give people's interest, and then they buy Game Pass and they're like, ooh, I want to try this. And then they play for 30 minutes. You're right. They got their money, they win but they don't want to do that because they know that's not how that's going to work because they're going to drop the game pass subscription as soon as they're done with starfield they're going to have the month and then they're going to drop off they're not going to resubscribe and re-up their subscription because they're like oh starfield yeah, i'm not really into this game it's too complex so i'll go back to playing my call of duty on playstation or whatever else i was doing over there so that's not the plan the plan is to get the people who want to play starfield get them to get into a subscription and then from there they keep playing starfield they'll see some other game pass stuff up there and and then when the games come out in twenty twenty four, the games that people in the casual space are actually interested in to buy Game Pass, they'll do that, and then they'll be in the ecosystem.
1: I'm still siding with David. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine.
2: <I'm> right. <laughs> he is. He
1: That's is why iris. this is fun. He has all the opinions <laughs> that I have and that I have. David's just
0: right on the nose. It, it's your it's your biggest game. It has to be
2: at the forefront. It is. I don't it's know why I don't know why you're saying it's not just because just because the I only reason
0: it's, just, it's at the Forefront of Xbox people's buy is the only game coming out yeah no you're right you're
2: absolutely everybody right. should it's know about it not it's just Xbox people oh my gosh it's not everyone Xbox should know about it people are talking about it Nintendo again are your marketing about it. budget isn't people are talking about it your
0: marketing scale. budget for the for, for this half of the year it it can all
2: go to Starfield <laughs> He's got you and all of that <laughs> can be true. And all of that can be true. And yet, the numbers would probably play out no no different than if they didn't market it more than they did. That's what I'm saying. I don't think the, if they market it to the masses, yeah, they might be interested, and then they find out it's something, and it's like, oh, okay. And they bounce off of it. What's the point in that? That's wasted. I mean, I wonder. agree
0: they've conceded the console war, but try oh my gosh
2: (laughs) i don't know i don't know why we're marketing equals (laughs) not trying or not try that Hey this that, is fun this is
0: just two we, two we, people we, having completely different opinions i know, I think, and i'm I right think basically
1: david <laughs> is trying to say we're <laughs> trying to sell starfield more than xbox is trying to sell starfield right now is that the, the conclusion that <laughs> <laughs> we're
2: doing more marketing for starfield than Bethesda is yes <laughs> i think it's enough it, it's still trending on twitter Months uh, a month it's after mentality it's, I've ever seen it, it.
0: it's trending because people are complaining about a lack of marketing. <laughs> That's the only reason it wasn't trending before people complained.
2: Hey, what did they say? Bad press <laughs> to still press, not for Redfall. You're right, not for Redfall, but you know, <laughs> that was because it was actually a bad game. <laughs> Starfield actually looks like it has potential. I think it, I hope it does. Well, I, I, think it I cannot will. wait.
0: Collector's edition purchased already.
2: And yeah. You purchased it day one as soon as they announced yep. I was going to if I could if I could have. That, that watch is nice. I will get I would give it that. But no, I, I think Starfield's okay. I think it'll be fine. I I think it's
0: I, I can't wait to see how the numbers do line up, especially after seeing what like uh yeah, so let's what's, revisit this. what's it called? Like uh Baldur's Gate three. Did did you see the concurrent users on that today? I did not know. It, it peaked at four hundred and seventy-two thousand. That's it on Steam. Well, that's on that's a it. weekday. It that's, it that's it's the second <laughs> highest game this year.
2: <laughs> well, that behind numbers,
0: only Hogwarts Legacy.
2: Yeah, that name's still. Do you know what or, they, did they, did they Sorry. <laughs> Actually, I. I, mm. I don't even think they did anything. Yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's Baldur's Gate fans are like hugely dedicated to that franchise, yeah. so I'm, I'm not surprised. Starfield numbers will be weird because the Steam numbers won't. It, and it'll it's be all between, over the place. Yeah, with PC, PC Game Windows Pass. Hits. Yeah, so. yeah. Those numbers will be hard to nail down, but uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll see.
0: Like, let me look real quick here, just for some reference here. Uh, Fallout. I'm trying to see if I could see on Fallout Four. Uh. Interestingly enough, uh, Fallout Four's all-time peak is literally what uh, Baldur's Gate Three was, four hundred and seventy-two. <laughs> okay,
2: I think Star- so. Yeah, I think total number of <laughs> Starfield will break that. And this is and this is day one, right? It I might. It, yeah,
0: it, and that, yeah. a lot of it, well, let's put it this way: a lot of the times that is day your day one, usually sure. because it's it's either day one or it's the weekend of. That's that's almost always the way it ends up working.
2: I'm curious to know what Baldur's um, Gate will do weekend of.
0: The, it's going to be weekend. very cool to see what happens this weekend yeah. with that because they had a lot of pre-purchases. So I have no but, interest uh, in Baldur's
2: Gate, but I'm interested in this one for some reason.
0: that Starfield will be interesting for the sheer sake of how is that number affected by PC Game Pass, like what, and the what lack does of does that
2: apparently. Yep,
0: and uh, you know that's going to cost them. So
2: <laughs> they might throw out some. They might have some plan and they just throw it out there and then boom. They,
0: they're they going to have some huge. All I know is they're going to have some huge numbers, whatever they decide they want to put out there. And yeah. really Starfield is going to be fantastic. Hey, I hope
2: they they I know I hope to, but I, they don't want to like I will be hurt everything. if it's not good.
0: <laughs> I will I will legit be hurt.
2: Yeah. They don't want to spoil a lot of these things. Yeah. I feel like they did a good job of explaining things yeah. in the in the summer showcase. So
0: yeah. I I would have liked like some faction videos, if that makes sense. Like like do some videos just talking about the factions or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's fine. But even the reach specific on those
0: planets. Yeah, specific cities about, or something. You
2: talk about that kind of stuff. Okay, the plastering of the the starfield, everything everywhere. Yes, that that could do something. But even those little things—that's reaching an even smaller, more dedicated audience than the the brand, the big casual audience that Halo would typically reach. So you know, I don't, whatever they don't have those things. That's fine. We'll 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 figure it out uh, when we play it. I just I do not think that kind of marketing would do anything for Starfield. Not enough to make a difference. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. Which That'll do it for us. Uh, next week, what was it? You said, no, you'll be here next week. Well, next yep. week's going to be good. Yeah. Next I week's going to be good, people. Anticipating the games we talk. Because I, I think we already know what we're going to be playing. So <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that'd be Can't great. Can't say
0: things yet, but just, just tune in.
2: Tune in. I know. You got a lot of uh, embargoed stuff. So... Very cool. All right. Appreciate you watching. Appreciate you joining us, listening. We'll talk to you later. Deuces.